Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I am delighted to be joined by Colin Watt and Amy Canavan. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Uh, doing good, Paul. Doing all right, yeah. Good. Uh, we haven't had an opportunity to dis- 
discuss the Scottish Cup weekender uh, with you guys. So let's have a wee chat about that first of all, and then we'll have a wee uh, look ahead to the Ross County game, if you could uh, look forward to it. Perhaps uh, John Hughes has taken over. Obviously, we've had Yogo, 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 <laughs> Yogo. Yogo aye. We've had Yogi on Axon, and just last week he was on the Salt and Sauce show talking about getting back into the game. And within two or three days, he's in the Ross County job. So we'll have a wee chat about that. Does that add a wee bit more to tonight's game? I, I would suggest probably yes. Mm. Um, but we'll see what you think about that as well. But um, again, just running along the bottom of your screen, and Colin and I will be doing an, another. Axon Bulletin later on today uh, dedicated to the weekend uh, a big thank you to everybody who made it happen basically but um, we, we have raised over 26 grand it's almost £27,000 for four different charities and um, already because of the reaction and the generosity of everybody we're starting to plan for next year's event as well because um, I reckon that when the Celtic support pulled together as they did uh, we were uh, able to do something special and we can do it again um, Alex Burrow thank you for noticing that we were indeed um, three minutes late today uh, <laughs> you might notice a slightly different angle on Colin and Amy a wee technical issue down to some kind of adapter that is beyond my technical capabilities uh, but we couldn't we couldn't set it up in the normal way so we were able to improvise and we're here so we'll run a we'll run three minutes uh, over the normal time as well. We'll give you an, another three minutes free for that one. But thank you for looking at my punctuality. Um, right, here we go. So, over the weekend, almost 27 grand raised. But what we got is we got laughs, we got um, emotion, we got all that kind of stuff. All around the Scottish Cup final, Colin, now leading up to that game, uh, we obviously had some predictions. Did I ask for 4-3 Celtic? I think tongue-in-cheek because <laughs> I just knew... The defensive issues that we have aren't going away anywhere, anytime soon. Um, still a big concern for you? It is, and you know, I, th- I don't think the the game on Sunday went anywhere towards sort of helping that, especially with the injury to Shane Duffy, who actually plays at centre-half tonight. It'll be an interesting one for Neil Lennon to see mm. who he picks. Will Stephen Welsh come back into the side? I was wondering. Will Beaton come back into the side? Who I know knows? who you'd pick. Stephen Welsh. Um <laughs> Desire remain at right back. I certainly thought he, he offered quite a lot going forward, but he did say um, in the interview after the game that when he went up to take the penalty, he just struck it with as much power as he could get because he didn't believe that he had the, the capability in his muscles to find a corner. So it showed that it took a lot out of him in that game. So I'd be surprised to see how many of them that finished that game on Sunday will actually start tonight. That's a consideration. You heard Amy Neil Lennon yesterday. You may have heard him talking about how the, the team is going to continually chop and change simply because of what Colin said there in relation to the fact that we're playing so many minutes, so many games, even without Europe in the League Cup, um, he is going to chop and change his team. I think that's been one of the biggest issues, particularly in the defence. Um, your thoughts, Amy, on the Cup final? First half was the good side of Celtic. Everything else was all a bit shady, wasn't it? Particularly defensively. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. There's still lacking continuity and that'll... Come, it'll keep coming the cup final's not changing that first half it's probably as good a half as we've, we've seen in a while certainly from this sort of half and half old team new team that, that we did yep. see on Sunday um, but yeah second half it was just just slotted right back into the the depressiveness that we've been witnessing these last few weeks um, extra time I think slightly maybe the better side I thought Lee Griffiths done really well coming on injected 
a bit of pace up there, but um, no, it's like you say, I think right now it's still just a little bit of a sticky plaster. There's still massive cracks and massive concerns there, especially in the defence. I think as Colin said, it's really going to be interesting who lines up tonight, who's fit enough to line up. Ideally, like you say, you would have Ayer in there, but I think that's uh, Colin's highlighted a key point there that how tired how tired Ayer was. Mm. Um, would you maybe slot him back in a into the centre defence and bring in Jeremy Frimpong again. But if Ayer's not got the legs for it, then it does look like it could be a near beat on. Or I'd like I'd like to see Stephen Welsh as mm. well, to be honest. But it's um, yeah, it's a big it's a big if big if buts and maybe's tonight. A lot of them. It is. I mean, we've all spoken at length about the cup final, and I think uh, yesterday when Lawrence and Natasha were on the show, it was basically a case of looking at. Um, the, some of the negatives, because no one wanted you to mention anything negative uh, in relation to the the fact that we'd won a quadruple treble. Uh, no one was interested in uh, how badly we'd played. We just got over the line and that yeah. was what was important and that's fine. By Tuesday, I mean that lasted 24 hours, by Tuesday we're, we're starting to look at the performance and analysing it a wee bit more. Um, and again, you know, it was difficult because some people were looking at the game as being a, you know, an exciting match. I mean, exciting for, from a Celtic perspective. I just seen it turning and going further and further away from us. And then you're looking at all these moments, Colin, and we talk about the invincible season, Craig Gordon dropping to his knees and Rodgick scoring that goal. And you thought that the Brown stroke Griffiths moment was going to be yeah. one of them you thought that was going to just encapsulate it and that's the one that we're going to see time and time again it wasn't to be um, and the first message coming in from Stephen Forbes uh, who supported us over the quadruple treble weekender so thanks for that Stephen is that Neil Lennon said in yesterday's press conference he is now at peace with himself after securing the treble as both a player and a manager great to hear in terms of his mental well-being the big thing in relation to not only Neil Lennon but I think the players as well is I mean it is mentally challenging um, going time and time again but I was interested Amy I'm going to throw this one over to you in the comments made by Neil Lennon where he says that it's almost been hanging over them this pressure of the quadruple treble do you think that that has been yet another mitigating circumstance that now that that's out of the way we can just get back to trying to reclaim a league title this season I certainly hope so, but as well, obviously, it's um, it has been a massive thing, and it, he was always, and now he has become the first man to do it in Scotland, and as a player and a manager. So there's no doubt that that would have been hanging over him. But has it been hanging over him that much? Is that he's been his sole focus for so long? This hasn't been an extremely long Scottish Cup, um, and for that to have been hanging over him since. I don't even know when was the last time he played. Was it February the last time? No, we'll have the semi final. But yeah. from the obviously from like the quarterfinal and that's a long period of time to be thinking right we're only two steps away from from doing it so if that's been playing on his mind the whole time and being a sole focus then that is slightly worrying um you can hope that obviously that it does change and now so focuses on the league and, and whatnot but it's um i take a little bit of concern from those comments to be honest colin what's your thoughts there was a lot of um pressure on neil lennon to do something in this cup final because that was what he was kept on for the board kept saying we're going for this historic quadruple treble, we're going for this quadruple treble. Mm. It was written that Celtic had to win it, and if Neil Lennon hadn't delivered, and at times during that game I really didn't think that we were going to win the game, then what would have been the point in him staying on for that period of time where the fans were looking for him to go, the pundits were saying it was time for him to go, even his ex-teammates were saying they didn't know how he would be able to survive this. Mm. Now he has turned a, a slight corner 
um, in the last few games we've, we've went the, the game against Leo the game against Kilmarnock but again at times at that game against Hearts at the weekend I'm thinking to myself I don't know if he really has the ability to do this I mean I know you had a very interesting discussion with Lawrence yesterday on yeah. it and looking at um, what he does from the, the touchline and mm. I get what you guys are saying about John Kennedy he's, his body language was so wrong at times even when you you were celebrating a goal he just still looks defeated yeah, he just has that look on him as if to say yeah I'm, I'm delighted to be here kind of thing is <laughs> Although I might not look at it, I'm delighted to be here. So sometimes, you know, we do look at every nuance at Celtic, don't we? We look at body language and every word that they say, we analyse it. Yeah. And probably more so because we're not at the games and we're actually concentrating and doing everything remotely. Yeah. But yeah, I think the point, and in fact, I know the point I was making yesterday, is that managers and a management team can affect what's happening on a park. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence disagreed with that at that stage of the game. He doesn't think that you could. Um, what, how do you affect it as a manager? Well, you change the shape. And, and I think the big thing with, with Neil Lennon, and it's become really, really evident this season, is that it's not something he tends to do. No. So he likes to make substitutions that are like for like players. He'll take off Edward, put on Griffiths. He'll take off a midfielder, put on a midfielder, rather than wholesale changes. This isn't working in terms of the shape yet which it certainly wasn't in the second half. And you had to then say, right, we need to stretch hearts again. How do you do that was uh, the, the question. How do you do that? Well, you can do it with width. I mean, we had players on the park that could actually be used um, on, on the wide areas, such as Mikey Johnson on the left mm-hmm. and Jeremy Frimpong on the right. You could have done that. I didn't see Frimpong as a threat where he was playing when he came on. Um, so put him out wide, get him to attack the, the full-backs. All of a sudden, hearts are on the back foot. That's what I mean. Otherwise... If a manager or a management team can't affect what's happening in the park, there's no point in them being in the, the dugout. They can just go and sit in the comfy seats. No. Of course they can affect what's happening in the park. And I think Michael Stewart had some great analysis before the game when he was looking at a point you just made about the width in the team. Mm. Now, it took for Andy Halliday to go to left-back before we actually changed and brought on some width to the team. The boy White was causing Ayer a bit of trouble in the second half. You've seen it from the first goal when he does the flick by him and he gets in and the ball comes over from Halliday for the goal. Anything that was going out wide, Celtic seemed to struggle with. Um, although I did think that both Ayer and Taylor had a good game. I just think they didn't have enough cover with them. The players that were out there didn't didn't back them up. He changed that later on. I think it was like the 85th minute by the time he brought on Jeremy Frimpong and Diego Lixalt. Yeah. So by that point, with only five minutes to go to try and win a cup final, you're thinking, put these guys on. They're going to offer some width. They're going to go for some urgency. We're actually going to go and try and win this game in normal time. But again, there was just nothing. It didn't spark anything. There wasn't that bit on the park where at times when Celtic played in Europe over recent years, mm. with the last couple of minutes, if the game's level, you see this urge in the drive forward. The one that springs to memory is the, the AC Milan game when uh, Scott McDonald scores in the last minute. For those last five minutes, we are hitting the box time and time again. It just didn't feel as if we were doing that. It felt as if our build-up play was really slow. Um the ball would go back to the centre-halves and they're taking three or four touches. Connor Hazard was taking maybe 45 seconds to take a goal kick. Mm. There was no urgency. We played for the extra time, it felt. And I, I don't think we should have been doing that. I really think we should have tried to win that game in normal time. You know, my big concern with that, Colin, uh, playing for extra time, was at, at that point fancied Hearts to win it. Yeah. And, you know, it was unthinkable before the game. It was unthinkable at half-time. But at that stage, I, I felt that they were on the ascendancy. And, and you know, when when you're looking at the um, the overall performance, uh, I used the term getting out of jail. I, I do think we did. Now, I take 
everything and, and the achievement's incredible. And, you know, Connor Hazard deserves loads of praise. Chris Ayer deserves loads of praise. I think Ayer was the best player on the park for us. I mean, he was one of our biggest threats uh, out wide and he's the right back. And, and I think that's an issue. But what I raised yesterday and uh, something that I think has been evident all season is uh, is our attack to defence transition. So if an attack breaks down, um, we're very, very easy to cut open. But the point was raised, and I'm going to um, use the example because I know it annoys quite a lot of people that uh, people who on a podcast actually dare to go into mainstream media and talk from time to time. But uh, Go Radio asked me to chat about the charity element of the weekend, which obviously I'm not going to refuse to do. So they gave us a lot of good coverage last night. And um, Rob McLean asked the question about the defence. And when I raised the point that when we're attacking, we can often look pretty good. I mean, that was evident in the first half, but it's on that um, turnaround to defence that we really struggle. And, um, you know, it was Craig Moore and, and Stephen Cragen, uh, who obviously I, bo- I love both of the guys. Um, they were saying that the crossing, uh, even just a corner, you've got Ayer at the back, you've got Shane Duffy, Julien and Hot Hazard, all big, tall, tall strapping lads, and we couldn't deal with a simple yeah. cross. Now, by the way, that simple cross is made more difficult when there's a guy hacking at your um, goalie, which was the case. Yeah. And I mean, that that was a that was a definite. Um, with regards to the goal that Hart scored, that we it didn't look over the line until you seen the actual Specsavers uh, video graphic. But I was more concerned with Naismith's attentions on Hazard. But we should be able to deal with a cross with A4 guys in the middle, and that's a massive issue as well, isn't it? Yeah, defending from set pieces this season has been shambolic at times. I mean, you look at the amount of goals we've conceded from it. The the goal that uh, Goldson scored at Celtic Park, you, you couldn't clear out for a corner. It wasn't as if it was the first shot, it wasn't the second shot, it was like the third or fourth shot that they got away being in the box. I don't know whether they, they're trying to mark Zono, I don't know whether they're trying to mark man-to-man, I don't know if they've got a guy in the post, I don't think they really know what they're doing. It changes from corner to corner, but as you said, I, th- I think you're right, Hazard was fouled for the goal, mm. but he didn't He didn't cover himself in glory for a lot of the other corners that came in, and Hearts capitalised on that. Hearts knew where the weakness was, they stuck um, Naismith on Hazard, they knew it would drag Brown in, they, they played it clever, it was... It's, it's the old wily characters like Naismith and Halliday yeah. who, as players, I know that uh, Naismith scored, but you don't, you don't like look at them as, as top, top class players. They've had their day, um, but they're old and wily and they can maybe attack the, any kind of weaknesses. Uh, going into the game, I didn't think Hazard was a weakness. No, he didn't show anything in the last few games to suggest that, but when you look at it, he is an inexperienced goalkeeper. I, I know I mentioned last week he's played 50 career games, but they've all been at championship level. Mm. Um, he played one game against Leo where um, he was tested a couple of times. He played the game against Kilmarnock where he kept a clean sheet. It is a game in a cup final where you're looking for a bit of experience, but none of the other goalkeepers had suggested that they would be the person to stay. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? 
not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. But either, so it was worth giving Hazard the shot. There was times I thought in the game, and I don't know if you agree, Amy, but he made a couple of decent saves, especially from the boys at Ginelli that came on from Hearts mm. when he was one on one. He looked a threat, actually. Yeah, he actually he made a great save from him. Um, but I think when he made one mistake, it sort of continued to yeah. go on in the game and it affected them. But you've seen it just before the penalty shootout. Shane Duffy and I think it was Scott Brown was coaching him through it and I think that's what you need you need somebody to help him develop as a player and help him grow as a, uh, grow as a player as well Now see when you do you know you come away from a game like that and um, you're full of elation and anything you say straight away try and be positive try and be and that's the kind of um, the comments I was reading this morning when I came onto the YouTube which I always do in the morning I always have a look at the comments to make sure that there's nothing that's un- unacceptable um, and I'm looking at a situation where you know do we just go ahead and say and, and we roll out all these stats you know about uh, we've, we've lost one domestic game in, in the league and this and that the, the only stat I'm interested in at the moment is 16 points behind Rangers that's the biggest stat now yes I know we've got three games in hand there's no guarantee you're going to win those games I keep saying it uh, we're going to have to go to Ibrox and win the game we've got to win that game yep. because Although, and we'll get on to this, Amy, I think there will be, you know, inevitably points dropped by Rangers throughout the season. We've seen some signs of that. I would have much rather the St Mirren game as a league game than a cup game, to be totally honest with you. Um, some people might disagree with that because it's, it's almost like a buy into the, into the final. But um, no, I would have much rather that was a league game, but I can see it from time to time. And it might be a game that you don't expect. You know, when you're looking at fixtures, you might think Easter Road's going to be tough for Rangers or Pataudry. Um Most of the other games, you expect them to win. So anything else is a bonus. But we have to win everything. We need to win every single game. Is that possible? Yeah, is it likely? At the moment, I've not seen enough. Even though in the last three games we've won them, um, one being on penalties, we've you know, um, is it a turning the corner moment, Colin, Colin? As you suggested, well, it's better than what we were seeing before, isn't it? In the previous twelve games, um, but looking ahead to tonight's game, quite a few of the comments are saying that Griffiths must start. So we've got a comment from McGrory on the YouTube channel: Griffiths must start. Alan Robertson agrees. Um, with those sentiments on YouTube um, and again you're looking at the goalkeeper we're looking at various other aspects of that team some of them will be forced through injury because I think Duffy's definitely out Scott Brown's out mm-hmm. um, so we'll have a look at uh, the team for this evening as well Alan Robertson goes on to say goalie that's a big debate for me so we've got three goalkeepers let's start off with the goalkeeper we've got three they've all had games this season um, would it be harsh Colin uh, after his heroics in the penalty shootout to drop Connor Hazard, what message does that send to the young guy? Do you know I've got this? I've got this theory that we'll play Hazard right up until um, January, and then in January we'll look to try and get another goalkeeper in. Um, I think it would be quite harsh to drop him, considering the the two penalty saves. But if you take that out of it and look at the the hundred and twenty minutes as a whole, you would probably look at bringing someone else in. But it's a game that he'll learn from. He'll learn from his mistakes. Um, 
Is he ready to be number one goalkeeper at Celtic? No, he's not. He's not ready to be there. Does he need someone that's going to come in and coach him and guide him through and potentially in the future be a number one at Celtic? He could be. I mean, he's got all the attributes to be a, a good goalkeeper. He's tall. He has shown that he can be commanding in his area, mm. but he's just not had the experience to do so before. So um, I think we'll stick with him until January and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a someone we try and get in before the Rangers game. Before the game, well, again, you're then maybe looking at a situation where you're throwing an untested goalie, and I mean untested in terms of that fixture. So, are you looking towards somebody who is tested in that fixture to come in, Colin? Yeah, I mean, the ideal scenario would be to bring in Fraser Foster if it was available. Um, I know there's been a lot of rumours that he, he would be out there in January to, to come into the squad. Um, but I don't know. We looked at it, Barcast didn't have the, the best game at Celtic Park. Bain's played there before. Sometimes he's been reliable, other times he's been um oh, I don't even know the word. What he did at the San Siro was was ridiculous. Um but he has played in that fixture before. Hazard hasn't. Um if you are going to change it up, he'll probably bring Barkas back in, but I feel as though he'll stick with Hazard. Again, the the um question was raised yesterday when I was chatting about the weekend around Sorrow being left out for Brown and again it's, it's difficult actually to argue with that Amy when you look at the performance of Brown the part he played not just in the, the third goal but uh, you know the part he played in relation to nullifying not I wouldn't say the threat of Halliday and Naismith but um, you know the influence of them on the game and obviously they tried to nullify Scott Brown by stamping on him uh, and various other uh, dark arts so when you're looking at uh, Sorrow and when Sorrow comes in and you know when he does get the experience of playing against Rangers, I, th- I guess it's the same thing with Hazard. I mean, if we were to remove him from the side now after three games, where you know we've won all three, um, I see no signs in the first two games that he was he was going to have uh, any, the kind of weaknesses that we saw on the crosses, etc. Uh, it may well have been just down to that lack of experience against some of these players I've mentioned, like Naismith, for example. Um, I, I would suggest, personally, I would I would stick with Hazard. Now, we've got a four and a half to five million quid goalie. I keep saying that as if that qualifies him as a good goalie. You would expect to get a decent goalie for that fee waiting in the wings. And for me, you know, it's difficult to pick between him and Bain because neither of them look like a first choice. But you would hope that um, the settling in period, uh, the language barrier, and also working with Stevie Woods and working with the defensive, various defensive partnerships on a daily basis, would perhaps help Barkas eventually. What's your thoughts on the number one for tonight? I think no matter what, whoever he does go with tonight, how many games have we got left before Rangers? We've got tonight. We've got Hamilton on Boxing and then Day, Dundee United. And then Dundee United. Yeah. So then Rangers is January second. So mm. whoever starts tonight. That, that is who's obviously starting at Ibrox and I think that's that's a key factor because no matter what, needs to, even if whoever starts tonight has a howler there needs to be continuity in three games against those teams, no disrespect that's just not enough um, I'd like to see him stick with Hazard I think again then you look at that run it's not the ugliest run for Celtic, it's a, it's a decent festive run, you couldn't really be too can ask Santa for a exactly, better you exactly you couldn't be too disheartened at that on paper um, so yeah I'd go with Hazard I think it's one of those ones I think if he doesn't go with Hazard I think he'll go with Bain purely because as you said at least he's played at Ibrox Barkas did not look comfortable at all against against Rangers earlier on in the season but I think for Hazard as well though 
and and I appreciate obviously that Hearts are a championship side, but you'll you'll struggle to come up against another striker like Naismith. Naismith's experience and just the nitty grittiness, and obviously, like you say, he was he was tormenting Brown around. He's a around pest. Hazard. He is He's a, a pest. menace. He is a pest, um, and and that is why you touched on it there. It, we all sort of obviously never really wanted Brown in. But if we thought Brown was going to perform as he did, of course we would have all said, because that is what you needed. You needed somebody, like you say, to to nullify, to, to even out with the Halliday and Naismith experience, and Brown offers that. So you know, going back, I would I would have Hazard in, because I think I think Ross Stewart is, is an exceptional striker, actually, for Ross County, and I think he will cause a threat, but not in the same sense that Naismith does, that it's the annoyance and it's the little bits. Mm. It, is, it is more that he's... A, Stuart is a better a better striker, a better quality of a striker. And I think as well, Hazard's um, confidence will be sky high now. Yeah. I, I mean, he'll obviously be absolutely gutted with some mm. of the mistakes that he made, but the fact that he saves two penalties at the National Stadium yeah. in a major cup final, mm. you've got to think that that gives him a bit of a confidence boost. I think so. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him start tonight, but mm. um, as Amy's saying, Bain's the one that's played at Ibrox before. Barkas didn't really cover himself in glory. You could pick any one of the three, but I'd still love for us to get someone in before the second. I know. And now, Adam Beanie Smith, who is commenting fairly regularly on the YouTube channel, if you're watching on YouTube, um, as I keep reminding you, please subscribe because we're building a channel there that is providing day, daily free content. So be part of that. Subscribe, get notified. Um, but Adam says, Bain knows what it takes to win at Ibrox. Don't be shocked to see him come back in. Um, it's a difficult one for me because I think even when Bain came in there were some elements of his game that I liked and then he starts throwing howlers uh, Barkas hasn't settled but I'm not writing him off just yet and I don't think Celtic can afford to write him off um, you know when you look at how much we've paid and invested in him uh, we will be going back to the drawing board I think in January so for me it's Hazard uh, this evening and like you say Colin the image that, that stuck with me after that game uh, other than you know Lee Griffiths telling Naismith to shut his puss uh, was the moment where Hazard picks Gordon up you know what I mean so he is feeling confident he is you know I'm pretty sure that the penalty saves will um, definitely override anything else that happened before and that's what he can work with Stevie Woods um, on the training pitch on so yeah Hazard for me the defence again were into the latter stages of December and it could be any number of permutations, but let's try and put a defence together, shall we? Um, Duffy's out. Looks like it. Right, so you've got to ask your question. I think Ayers performed really well in three games at right back. Um, if he plays there, then you're looking to play an adapted midfielder at centre-half in near Bouton. Or Welsh, who's kind of been out the picture for a while. And then there's a question of Alhamid. Is Are we just writing him off now until he goes back to Israel? Not fit yet. He's still not fit? Still not fit. Right. Lennon says he was only just back into training there on Monday, so I wouldn't expect to see him play. We're expecting a four at the back, though. We're not going to go gung-ho and play, go back to, uh, reverting back to a three. No, I don't think so. I don't see that. No. Right, give me, a, give me your four, Colin. This is, a, this is difficult, isn't it? We're kinda, this is where we should have been in the summer, looking to get four recognised centre-halves in. I know we were pushing and pushing for Shane Duffy and then ones were saying, oh, OK, well, maybe Ayer can go. No, 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 we need four centre-halves in there. You want to be able to, when you've got three games and or four games in ten days, the way this is working out, be able to bring guys in and out of the team and slot them in and out. We, we still probably need somebody in January to do that. Um, so I agree with you. I'd stick Ayer at right-back. Um, Julian will play centre-back alongside... 
Is this who I would like or who I think Lennon will pick? That's two different things, eh? Yeah. Give me what you you would play. I would play Welsh. I would I would but give he, him the game. He's not even been on the bench recently, is he? He's been completely out of the picture. I don't know if it's just been a case of um, they've been looking to add other members of the squad mm. on the bench mm-hmm. um, instead of Welsh. But he did play in the the Rangers under twenty game when Celtic won three 0 Was that a week ago now though? About a week and a half ago now. Yeah. 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 Um, and he, he seemed to play very well in that game as well, keeping a clean sheet, which is important. Um, and if we want to get him to a stage where we can rely on him, we've got to start giving him some game time. So, well, it goes back to the hazard question, doesn't it? And Sorrow. Yeah. You know, there comes a time where is this guy a first team player? And if so, you've got to rely on him for games like this. Like uh, when we threw him into the Rangers game, that wasn't ideal. Mm-hmm. But he probably should have had more games before then. We shouldn't be in a situation where we're throwing a guy in who's played one game. No. We also, we also should be looking to utilise more of the squad. I feel like part of the problem is that we're playing that many games and it's the same 16 or 17 players that we're picking from time and time again. And you've seen it. It's it's killing guys out there. Like McGregor is running himself into the ground. Scott Brown's literally getting himself injured because he's playing that much football. Um, so we need to try and utilise what we've got in the squad and get the best out of them. We can't keep saying we can't play this guy because he's not had any game time if we're not bringing him off the bench time and time again do you know what I mean so I would give Welsh the run out tonight keep an option on the bench mm. like Beaton or El Hamid if he's in I'm surprised you've not picked Beaton <laughs> I would go with Welsh he's a, more, with Welsh. he's a more natural centre half what about the left back question like so Taylor how do you think Taylor played on Sunday and there's a guy who again is coming from the cold um, regained his position at left back and got a cup final start I think if you're going with a flat back four you've got to go with Taylor um, if you're going to go with the sort of wing backs, that's when Luxalt comes into his, his kind of element. Can he play anywhere else? A genuine question, Luxalt. He Can could play he, probably further forward. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in that position. Um, but I think Taylor, I mean, Taylor could have had a hat trick of assists at the weekend if Edward could put the ball away. I know. Um, for all we say that Taylor doesn't offer anything going forward, he did put a couple of decent crosses um, over. It's just Edward couldn't finish them. Taylor's winning me over. Do you know what? Taylor's always going to be compared to Kieran Tierney because it's the player that he came in and replaced. Now, a lot of people will say that uh, Greg Taylor isn't good enough to play for Celtic. And that is the direct comparison to the person that you've replaced. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like every t- everybody that came in after Henrik Larson was nowhere near good enough because we're comparing them to Henrik Larson. And I'm not comparing Kieran Tierney to Henrik Larson, but it's the same sort of idea. When you replace someone that's been a great for your team with someone else, you're, you're never going to really take to them as much. But Taylor's... He's not as good going forward, but he did well at the back at the weekend, mm. um, and he does seem to start building up relationships with players on the left hand side. And as I said, if Edward could put the ball away, he did a couple of assists at the weekend. Well, so you going for Taylor then? I'm going for Taylor at least because it's a, a back four. A flat back four yeah. Right, I'm going to ask yourself, Amy, to go through. What you think should be the back four, if indeed it is a back four, and anybody who is looking at my screen and the Axom logo appears, that's just because I'm going to close that door. You'll still hear us though, um, because I think it's maybe a bit of a rattle coming through from the studio. So Amy, give us your back four. So I'd be similar to you, Colin, and I'd go Ayer and I'd have Taylor on my mind, and I'd, I'd have Julian, obviously, and then I'd go beat on. I think... Personally, if it was through total choice, I probably would go Stephen Welsh. But I just think he is far too far out of the pitch right now to even be any sort of consideration. Um, in an ideal world, yeah, I'd like to see him in there. But I think Beaton, he was definitely on the bench at the weekend, wasn't mm. he? Um, 
And I just think Lennon feels a bit of safety with him there. And I, I think he's obviously he's played a few times with Julian as well. And I just I feel he'll go. I feel he'll go um, beat on for this one. Yeah. I think Amy's right. I think Lennon will go with beat on. Mm. I wouldn't go with. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I'm, amazed, I'm yeah. amazed at that. But I think literally it's rock paper scissors between the two of them. But then who plays tonight? You're looking at that lineup, and this is us going for ten in a row, and you're starting with Hazard and Welsh. I mean, this week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Imagine saying that at the beginning of the season. Imagine saying that after the, the transfer window. It's, in, it's the situation we're in, though, when you look mm. at some of the players that are missing. I mean, ideally, you would have a first-choice goalkeeper that has made several clean sheets this season, is someone that has been commanding, someone that's showed their worth to the jerseys, made it their own, but none of the three goalkeepers so far have said, that's my jersey, come and take it off me, sort of thing. Of the three, I think Hazard has the jersey. I'm going to go with Hazard and goals. Um, I, I think you're right, Colin. Regardless of what happened before the penalties, I think the penalties are, are going to give him confidence. And um, I didn't see any signs in the first two games that he had a flap in him, but uh, obviously that came into the Scottish Cup final. Let's put it down to nerves. Um, are we going to get a player out of uh, Hazard? If so, we need to give him games. So I would stick with Hazard. At right back, I'm going for Frimpong. Left back, Taylor and Julian and I are in the middle because I just think as a partnership, uh, Julian and I are tested and we know what they can do in the centre. Um, and then there's left, less onus on Frimpong's defensive abilities, of which I think are lacking. Uh, Taylor's a good defender, so I think there's enough in that defence to solidify it. So I'm going to, even though Ayers perform well at right back, I'd bring him back into the centre. It's not a bad option um, to have there, the fact that he's so flexible, he can play centre-back and play right back. Um, and having an option like Jeremy Frimpong, uh, is is really good in that position. I think we're all kind of of the assumption that Frimpong isn't a natural right back. So if you're playing a flat back four, I'm not sure how effective Frimpong is. Um, it, it all depends on who's actually playing in front of him. Mm. Um, whereas he's given the space to overlap. I still think the fullbacks really need to make a point, or the, whatever they're playing, either fullback or wing back, they need to make a point of hitting the touchline because when we seem to get to the 18 yard box and just stop and the crosses come over from the 18-yard box, if, if you push them into the box and the ball comes across, if you get... Taylor low, seems to be doing more of that. Yeah, if you get the low the low ball across from the touchline, mm. eh, sorry, from the byline, a wee flick off a defender and it's in the back of the net, or someone sticks a toe out and it's in the back of the net, but these crosses coming over, I don't think we're the best in the air trying to win a header, especially with likes of uh, Eddie up front. Yeah. Well, I mean... I've already mentioned many times, Amy, that uh, in terms of defender, I don't think Frimpong um, ticks all those criteria. However, if you're looking at the way Taylor played on on Sunday and you know the overlapping left-back, Colin, setting up quite a few chances, like you quite rightly said, I'd be looking for the same from Frimpong. Um, I remember the Frimpong of last season who was, you know, he was basically getting the ball about the halfway line. And then before you knew it, he's, he's taken out one or two men and he's on that 18-yard box. And that's where... 
the instinct's gone. He then has to make a decision, and that's where he's at his worst when he has to make a decision. He's an instinctive player. He, you know, if he doesn't think about it, he's past the defender. Mm. But then there's this thing about his final ball. I just think that he can create enough space, and obviously you'll look at uh, who I'm going to be playing in front of him as well. So let's move into the the the, the midfield area. It's really two options: Sorrow McGregor or or Brown and McGregor. So we're going to go for Sorrow McGregor because I think Brown's out. Am I right? Who would you pick? Oh, I go Sorrow McGregor. You still play both of you still play McGregor? Why, why? Yeah, I would. I would, I because I think with Sorrow, he's a different player. I think Sorrow takes a lot of the defensive. You want to give him a rest? I, I would try and give him a rest. I, I just feel as if there's so many big games coming up that we've got to try and give this guy a rest at some point. But you know what? We rested him against Ross County in the cup, I which know, I thought was a wrong game. Second. That was the wrong game that's to rest him. Juju. Yeah, it was no, it was the wrong game. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I'm going to go for Sorrow and McGregor because I'm going back to this uh, forward to attacking to defensive play that we're so bad at and I think Sorrow is key to that because he breaks up a lot of the attacks I, I don't know if I'd maybe just go with You think um, he's in jam? No, I, I don't think he's back <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's back in training I'd, I'd just go Sorrow Turnbull in the middle if I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go two up front, that's why oh, Are you? Yeah Alright, so you're not having these defensive we've been playing with two almost holding midfield or something. No, it's, it's, it would be more like a diamond shape, I think. Right. Okay. Um, I would probably just go with the four four two tonight and see how it goes. So you're going solo Turnbull? Yeah. Interesting. Amy, give me your shout for the central midfield area. Oh, see, now I'm thinking two up top as well now. That's great. <laughs> I don't think he'll go two up top though. So I'd go, yeah, I'd go two and I'd have Soro McGregor and then in my midfield I would have Turnbull I'd have Turnbull, Christie, Elianusi style. And I'd have Griffiths up top. Jumping mm. the gun. I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> All right. No, no, you're, you're, you're fine to do that because obviously the positions yeah. kind of lead into the next yeah. one. The way I'm, I'm setting up is the way that Lenny's been setting up, to mm-hmm. be fair, Colin. So I'm going Sorrell McGregor. Um, in front of Frimpong, Christie, in front of Taylor, Luxall. I think Luxall, I, I know his final ball's no great, but I'm looking for energy in there. I'm looking for Christie, Turnbull and Luxall, you know, the three, yeah, yeah. just yeah, behind yeah. the striker, and there's a lot of energy in there, a lot of creativity with Turnbull and Christie. Christie needs, he showed, he showed at the weekend, the two sides of Christie, the Paul Dyke side and the Colin Watts side. Yep. The goal, outstanding, world-class goal, yeah. but then he tried that again and, and it ended up still, still going at the minute. That, that's the two sides of Christie, but I still think that if you can get a goal like he scored on Sunday or the one he scored against Aberdeen, he's worth having in there. But I just think he needs to be more disciplined in terms of his position on the park. He seems to try and do everything all over the pitch. He, he does. He carries the team on his shoulders and it, he just doesn't need to. I mean, he gave away that silly foul mm-hmm. for the third goal. There was no need to take the guy out in that position. No. That's not the first time he's done it no, this season. He's, he's done it against. He's done it in Europe. He's Milan. done it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's been a few occasions. And the corner, it was, it was a good corner for a change. He got it past the first man. So yeah, you're seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly of Ryan Christie in that sort of 120 minutes. But I, he is the option on the right hand side. Um, I, I would play. I'd, I'd probably play him as much as he kind of annoys me because he you, is you the, can still see the good in him. Yeah. You, you just want to see more of it. He's so inconsistent. It's like, but I, I just want 90 minutes from him. He spreads himself too thinly across that park. You know, he needs to be more disciplined. And again, if he can't do it himself, he needs that coached into him. He needs to be more disciplined. And I guess it works on your side because he wants to cut in on his left foot and you've got Frimpong as your right back. So he's going to do the overlapping. And Christie's instinct is to cut in and to try and curl one in like he did at the weekend. Um, so I can see 
that side of it. Um, so I, I'd probably stick with him at, at right midfield. Mm. On the left, though, I'm giving Mikey Johnson the, the jersey tonight. Good shout. Good shout. Good shout. I might even consider that myself. Um, that you I thought he did it. well when he came yeah. on. Cool a cucumber when he took the penalty. Again, though, he's one that cuts in because mm-hmm. he's right footed. It's maybe time for him to get a start. Um, so I, I would give him the jersey tonight. Right, I'm changing my yeah, team. Yeah, changing my team. Oh, uh, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm dropping like salt for, <laughs> for Mikey. Yeah, uh, good shout, Colin. But I've got Eddie up front. I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with Griff and I'm going with Clamala. Different, I know, but you're doing so well there with Mikey Johnson. I just, I'm looking for more energy in the team, and I think at times, at the weekend, Eddie showed these good and bad sides. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be disappointed for Eddie to start tonight. But um, Griff has to be given a jersey. I mean, he's done outstanding. How many games has he come on now and scored four? I think it's four now. Mm. I think he's got four goals in 200 minutes of football. It's one start. It's ridiculous. Would that be right? It was that the game against AC Milan. Mm. I mean, you're coming up against AC Milan. Do you know what I mean? I Saying that himself, though, how are you meant to get how are you meant to get match fit if you're not getting game? Time? If you're not getting the minutes, uh, the ideal partnership would be Griff and Eddie. Yeah, but I just don't know where Eddie's at at the minute. I mean, the Paneka was outstanding, right? And Neil McCann, you're a disgrace for your comments. <laughs> but the the chances that he missed, it's just not the Eddie of last season or even the season before. I know. Whereas. Even when Klamala came on, I think the game against Lille, he ran his, his heart out. And maybe that's. Maybe How effective is he, though? Chance to get. I don't know. How effective is he? You I know. Mean, um, where, where is he now? Where would you rank him? I still, the, he's still my fourth choice. Fourth choice? He still is, I. So, I mean, I, I think a Yeti's injured at the minute, or yeah. he's out the picture. One yeah. of the two. I, I still think there's a lot of quality in a Yeti. Uh, we've seen a lot of quality in his first half dozen appearances. Um, and for any number of reasons he's just not uh, being quoted at the minute but I don't think Clamala's in the same class as any of the other three No, and I think the, if a Yeti had the chances that Eddie had at the weekend he'd have probably bagged one of them because that's the kind of position he loves to get in when you look at the goals he scored this season um, exactly it's the kind of penalty box striker we thought we'd been crying out for um, if a Yeti comes into the equation then I still think he'd have scored those chances. If you go with it, you go with Eddie and Griffiths. I just I have a feeling he's going to play Kamala tonight. I don't know why. You just have a feeling. Yeah. Nostradamus strikes again as he does. <laughs> um, Adam Beanie Smith makes a good point uh, about Edward actually. Assist in the semi final, Penenka penalty in the final, goes away in Prague and the San Siro. Eddie has shown his class in spells. Big game player comes up with the magic in the big games. He does. He does, and do you know what? It adds to his YouTube reel, doesn't it? Yeah. When he's looking for his move. Oh, mate. No, it that's does, cynical. Though. No, it does, though. That's it's cynical. Just, t- at times. Him, that's like his mentality, though. Yeah. Is he going to see Ross County at home as a big game? So is the is the Eddie that turned up on Sunday going to turn up tonight? I wouldn't think so. Going by the season. Uh, even the Eddie that turned up on Sunday, there was glimpses of how good he can be with his control and his touch, but at times he just felt as if he was trudging about the park. Yeah. Um, it's on his heels yeah and when Griff came on it changed although it wasn't the ideal scenario going like for like especially when you're trying to win the game and only stay, keeping the one up front when Griffiths came on he held the ball up very well um, he was trying to link up the play he was dropping deep but I just I didn't see it from Eddie but you just know he's got that ability to 
have a, a game like he might play tonight and score a hat trick. See the big thing? thing. Well, he should have scored a hat trick on Sunday. Well, you, the, the big thing for me is you. We need to win this game. So if you don't know what you're going to get from El Yunusi, you don't play him. If you don't know what you're going to get from Rogic, then you play him. And I think I'm thinking the same about Edward. You know what you're getting from Griffiths if he plays tonight. Mm-hmm. I've picked Edward by the way, but you know <laughs> you know what you're going to get. Um, you put Edward out there, you might get the world class or you might get this guy that's just kind of strutting about. Um, and Jungle Line makes the point that Celtic are too predictable with one up top. Time to change here uh, or we're going around in circles. I agree with that. I really do agree with that. And um, Paul Bosas has given us his predicted 11. Hazard, Ayer, Welsh, Julian Taylor, Sorrow, Christy Turnbull, Calmack, Griffiths, Edward. So it's a 4 1 3 2. Um, so. Mark again, thanks for getting involved and Mark fully expects a number of struggling EPL clubs to come here and put some offers in I totally uh, expect offers to come in for Aya, Cham, Eduard, Christie, is there any others? They're the four that I think there will be offers for um, and apparently there were already uh, offers or interest in most of the players in the last window, when it comes round to January, um, Encham you know, I don't think anyone would be too sad to leave uh, for him to leave because uh, the fact he's not really participated much, he's not contributed much this season. Would you be happy with that? You've got the sentimentality thing with Incham, haven't you? I suppose I have for being in that that game uh, <laughs> over in over in Rome. Uh, don't bring it up that often, Paul. As you say, just buy the badge, get, sell the player, <laughs> buy the badge, buy the pin badge. He's, no, but he is. He's, he's not really showing it this season. No. Um, and there's been times that you've seen again, uh, like what we said with Edward. There's been times where you've seen glimpses of him, but he's just not shown it enough. The inconsistency is is the reason why he's nowhere near the squad at the minute. And um, I think he's just kind of biding his time till he moves on. So it's probably in the interest of both parties for him to move on. Absolutely, Lacey. It's so it's so similar to to Edward when and Jam is on his game. He's he's the best midfielder in the country, and hands down. It's not a, not even a, a debate, but when when was the last time you seen a performance like that? Like obviously, even even the Lazio game, it was the goal. It was the 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 rest of the performance. Obviously, it was a sudden whatnot, but it's just one of those ones. Maybe even at the end of last season or when it when it all fell apart, I'd still say no. We'll keep on because he's got it and it's mm. going to come. But it's still not came. How how deep are his contract now? Two and a half years, maybe yeah, something, like that. Got, something like that. Yeah. It's just it's not like you say. It's just it's inconsistency. Um, and it's there comes a time. There does. Yeah. There, there comes a time. time. You know, and it's like if if they've kind of like checked out up here and you're not going to get the performances, then move them on whilst the value is there. Because, I mean, I'm getting the, the kind of same sense from time to time about Edouard because he was doing it far more consistently previously. Going back to what Jungle Lion was saying, is that due to the fact that, you know, he's much better as a, you know, as a partnership up front, playing two up front. And, mm. you know, why not just do it? Why not in a game like tonight, Ross County, who are really, you know, probably the worst team in Scotland at the minute, they'll get the bounce of John Hughes coming in, mm-hmm. right? Um, but play two up front. You're at home. Play two up front, and 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 for the first time, really, just go for it. Because at this moment in time, the way things are going, we're not going to win the league. We're not going to go in this massive run in the moment. It's not happening. Oh. You know, you could see it. You could see it last season. A big part of that, and again, I'm not just saying it happened last season, so it must happen this season. Um, was reintroducing Griffiths and giving Eduard a partner. He's barely played with a partner this season, mm-hmm. and you can tell. 
the ball comes to him, he's got three guys around him, he's got no out ball, he tries to use his magnetic feet to, to get past them, and Just this season, more yeah. often than last season, he's losing the ball. Then it's all Edward wants to leave, he's not interested. Um, that's a big thing again, talking about Sunday's game. When, you, when you're looking at some of these players who apparently want out and they're agitating, did Chris Ayer look as though he didn't enjoy that? Did Edward not look as though he enjoyed that? Of course, I mean, who doesn't love winning a trophy? Do you know what I mean? But I, I get what you're saying. There's a point in players' careers where it's just time for them to move on. I mean, we've seen it. They get a new lease of life when they move on. Scott Sinclair's doing fantastic down south. Um, and I think in Cham will go on to have a, a good career. I just don't think that he'll have it at Celtic. I think he'll move on and do well um, elsewhere in Europe. So, yeah, it is time for him to move on um, again. But if you're letting someone like that go, with the amount of games that we've still got to play this season, you still need to bring someone in to replace him. And I don't think that we'll go out with the UK to make signings in, the, in January just because of the potential for them to have to isolate for maybe two weeks yep. and we've just not got time for them to do that and by all accounts it looks as if the trip to Dubai could be off so time to start getting the, the masks out there and start scouting people the masks yeah. yes I mean when we're looking at the um, unsavoury incidents that Naismith has been involved in over the years uh, Ninth Legion makes a point he is a very unsavoury individual I can't stand players like him he goes out to injure fellow professionals, cheap punishment and laughs at his victims. It's interesting that um, that barely gets a mention, yet a Penenka, like, like the guile and the gallus nature of taking a, con- a, a penalty like that, gets the attention from someone who is paid to give his opinion. I find that predictable. But when you're looking at uh, uh, Naismith, and, and I loved the Scott Brown reaction to the third goal. I loved it. Now, that was after he'd been stamped on, probably played with an injury since the stamp, right? Because you could see him, he was still holding it by the time he was up in the stands. And all he's given them is a wee bit of seconds, you know? So if you're going to stamp on somebody and they give you a bit of that when we scored our third goal, that's totally acceptable. I don't know what you think, but I think that's the exact reason why Scott Brown Absolutely. did that game at the weekend. Because he knew that was coming. Yeah. When we, when we were discussing it last week, we says, ah, I wouldn't play him. But then when you think about it, you just know someone like that is going to come in and yeah. cause a scene. So it's exactly it's more just they played. Brown would match it. Yep. And think that was the uncertainty last week and, and none of us starting him was that we think we'd have got the Brown that we'd been getting in recent weeks and it would, he just was not the Brown that that we, we'd have loved. And mm-hmm. and we did love on Sunday because, and you see, that is what he's there for. It Aye. is. I just thought that moment, you know how you had the, uh, the Bruni, Christ yeah. the Redeemer, the Bruni. Um, and you've got various other moments during uh, the glory years as well when you're, you're thinking of Lee Griffiths, you know, and tying scarves to, to goalposts and all that. I just thought we're going to get one of the moments after Brown threw his body at that ball and then Griffiths is the man. And I just thought that that was it. Do you know the worst bit? Was if Hearts had went on to win that game, that's all you would have seen is the, the attitude from the Celtic players. The, the Paneka would have been the, the worst thing ever because they try it and then lose the game. So... It's, you were just fortunate that we did go on to win the game and you can look back at those moments and smile now. What do you think about that? Because, I mean, people say it lacks class. Yeah, I'm not talking about Edward like Brune. You know, when he, when he assists Lee Griffiths, it looks like we've won the cup. It's an incredible triple treble. I don't have an issue with it. I think the person that commented on it lacks class. I think Neil McCann lacks class, not the, the fact itself. And I watched the, the highlights back of um, sports scene. Mm. And Gary Caldwell and him were in the studio, and he tried to backtrack on his comments really quickly. Did he? 
um, to say that, oh no, it's not what I meant, it's, it's a fantastic bit of skill and yada yada. No, you've said what you said in the heat of the moment. It was less of a classy gesture to pick the ball up and throw it at mm. the celebrating Celtic players, I thought. Whatever happened between Craig Gordon and some other Celtic players will maybe find out in the years to come, but it definitely looks as if there was something going on there. That's quite disappointing. What better than Craig Gordon? Are you going to expand on that, Colin? I don't know. I just When you look at some of the <laughs> Celtic players' uh, posts since then, and uh, I think the moment of celebrating in front of Craig Gordon's one of the ones that they pick out as a highlight. Ah, uh, well, you know, he, he went on about the Celtic situation when he left, didn't he? And it's maybe something to do with that. I don't know what was it going on in the background. a terrible platform to do so as well. Yeah, he certainly did. Now, Sean McCrory, 8, uh, reckons Brown will not play until Ibrox, will only play in the big games. Amy, how will we best use Scott Brown going forward? I think it's one of the ones we were talking about not playing him on yeah. Sunday. Uh, looking back on the game, you think I can see why he played because of what we've just discussed, nullifying the the, the kind of older heads within the Hearts team that might have got at a player who didn't have that same level of experience. There comes a point, however, and I take this point, that Sorrow needs to become that experienced yeah. player. So he needs to play the games and get into those battles and learn for, him, for himself. So do we still utilise Brown the way we've been doing it, which I think has been far too much? We've given him far too much minutes. I mean, starting him in the San Siro and then playing him against St Johnston at the weekend, I thought it was ludicrous. Um, or is he used more of as an influence where for a game like Rangers, and again, even is that a good idea to bring him in from the cold to play against Rangers he didn't play well the last time I think that's the, that's the point though how and it, it's, it's a great question and I don't even I'd like you to ask Neil Lennon that and I don't know if he'd even be able to answer that because how do you best utilise Scott Brown if you're getting a performance out of Scott Brown like you did again on Sunday against Hearts then yes of course I think he'll start against Rangers based even no matter what happens between now and then I think because they'll go oh, but look what he managed to do against Hearts. Yeah, but how did that happen? Did that happen because he's not played the, the last two games before that? Is that because he's had a little bit of a rest? Does he need to maybe play one of the... Does he play Hamilton, sit out Dundee United, come back in Rangers? It's one of those ones that it is, and it's going to be... It has to be impeccable man management. And it's time for Scott Brown to stand up as well then. He's 35. Yeah, 35, eh? You know what your body can handle and what you can handle. He has to step up and go, right, no, right, there's three fixtures before Rangers. Mm-hmm. I can play one. Give me the one in the middle and give me a rest either side. There needs to be... I don't think he'll start tonight, obviously. No, no. Um, that one's pretty clear. But does he then need a few more minutes again before Rangers? Or is it... Does he come on as a sub? Does he only get half an hour? Does he get half an hour the other way? It's um, one of those ones. But I do think he definitely... You can't write him out of the picture... Uh, Rangers, not at all. It was quite interesting. I don't know if you guys have seen the interview he had before the game. Was that a daffer about one? No. No. <laughs> with, uh, with the BBC. He had an interview before the game and he was asked a question about whether he thought pundits were right to say that um, his time had gone, his legs had gone. And he says, uh, I don't know, I feel as if I'm getting better as the years go on. And I'm going, you've not really shown that that was maybe true a year ago or two yeah. we were going I think when he retired for international football then you did see that that change but it's now on the, the regression again I just think you, you look at the way that we utilised Paul Lambert and Tom Boyd still club captains not going to game and, and I think when you're a captain and you have that level of influence that level of success that Scott Brown's had then he's in and about everything you definitely I mean I was looking in uh, on Sunday into the huddle and I thought to myself, you know, imagine he wasn't there. Mm. 
Uh, that is a massive loss, a massive loss in a game like that. But the Celtic team need to manage without him. They need to learn how to go out against Ross County uh, on a Wednesday night and beat them without Scott Brown. They need yeah. to learn that because that's what the succession planning has got to be all about. How can we do this without Scott Brown? How can we do it without Edward if we need to sell him in January? So it's something I need. I think we need to look at, you know, cutting down on the amount of games he starts, certainly, but always having him there or thereabouts, which he would be anyway. But then how can you utilise him? There was a moment in the game where Brown comes over and Lenny and Brown, you can see the connection. And he's, and he's obviously sending a message to the team via Brown. And that there as well, I, I found quite interesting because I've asked the question, you know, you can't sit on the bench, can you, if you're a player? Or is that just something that, you know... Can you sit on the bench as a player? I've seen I've seen four coaching members of coaching staff sitting on the bench, Woods, Strachan. Mm-hmm. My captain would be there. If he was a sub, he'd be on the bench. He wouldn't be sitting on the stand, but there might be some preventing that. It might only be coaching staff. I'm not sure what the regulation is. But I just think that as an influence, he is pivotal to anything that happens this season, but not necessarily on the park. No, and you've seen that. I know it was a point that you guys made uh, yesterday when you're talking about the, the team talk. Um, just the extra time just before we went to penalties and stuff like that and Cal McGregor was leading the team talks and Scott Brown was leading the team talks but that's not necessarily a bad thing because they will get the message from the manager from the coaches what they they need and it's up to them to relay it when you're playing football you turn to your captain as your inspiration on the park and Scott Brown's shown that over the years when he's kind of dodged the tackles when he's drove the team forward the, the belief that comes from uh, Brown spreads across the team. But you're right, I, I think maybe he's performing, his future at Celtic is in shorter spells, maybe half an hour here and there coming off the bench mm. and starting the big games when, just like Amy was saying, he nullifies the threat that comes from these wily, experienced players that we're going to come up against because when you go up against Rangers you're going to be playing guys like Ryan Jack who's been in the Scottish game for such a long period of time Stephen Davis, guys like that Scott Arfield, it's just at least yep. it's niggling Arfield, is, uh, he emulates Naismith in that sense Aye, it's players like that that Scott Brown can use his experience against but in games like tonight when you're looking for a bit of forward momentum when you're looking to give guys a chance um, it's a game that we can maybe keep him. Oh, he's not going to play, but it's someone. If he was fit, I would have only had him on the bench. You were talking earlier, Colin, about utilising the wider squad. What other players have you got in mind? Because I know that leading up to the the Leo game, where Lennon did make quite a few changes, which surprised a few, um, because they had been calling for them for some time. And the names that were being thrown about was just anybody that was in the squad, and I felt Sorrell was one of them. I've mm. got to put my hands up and say that. I thought Sorrell was as likely to get a game as Luke O'Connell. Then he comes in and he performs brilliantly. But obviously, they know who's at that level, because I've seen them every day. Mm. Um, I mean, what other players? Are you looking at um, Henderson, who's came in fleetingly and disappeared? That type of player? I, I liked Henderson. I thought Henderson had a very good game against Lille. Mm. Um, I'd like to see some of the, the young lads given time on the bench. I mean, we had six subs we could have used at the weekend. We've got five we can use tonight. Um, if you get two or three goals up, it's time to turn to these guys to give them 15, 20 minutes to see what they can do. The boy Harper's been doing really, really well for the Colts side. Scored two fantastic goals against um, Rangers. He scored against Partick Thistle. He scored against Clyde, and it offers you some width. He's been in and around the bench a couple of times, but it's just given these guys ten, fifteen minutes here and there to see how they got on. Well, I think the the reason you do that 
Colin, also is that when you're forced to play them, i.e. Welsh against Rangers, then they've got more minutes, they've got more experience, you know, because I think at the moment, I totally agree with you, yeah, we should be utilising a wider squad, but that should have been happening for a long time. There doesn't ever seem to be any succession planning. Why are we throwing Welsh in when he's had one game for Celtic mm. into a, a Rangers game, you know, with AC Milan just on the back of it? So you're asking him to make his um, uh, derby debut and then he's got to mark Ibrahimovic the next mm. night. It's... For me, that's bad, bad management. You've got to make sure that these players are ready for that occasion. Far better prepared than having one game against Hamilton. You know, and that, I don't think we do that well. So if we can, but at the moment, we don't have the luxury tonight because we don't know how tonight's going to go. The last time Ross County came to Celtic Park, they beat us 2 nothing. Amy. Uh, they are now under new management in John Hughes. John Hughes being the man who introduced Ryan Christie to senior football, gave him his debut at Inverness. He knows all about Ryan Christie. Um, what do you expect from Yogi? I mean, he's a guy that... Uh, I've got a lot of time for yeah. John Hughes, I really do. And I know he was itching to get into the game, he had a few offers, and there was uh, one in particular, and it could well have been Ross County, where uh, he almost got the job before, it didn't happen, but he's back, he's back in management. Uh, do you think Ross County can turn things around under the stewardship of John Yogi Hughes? I certainly hope so. Um, but I'm not tonight. Not tonight, <laughs> no. I do, I've got a lot of time for John Hughes as well. Um and he does... Sorry, what's that breaking news? Oh. Um, I was like, what is that? Um, no, I do have a lot of time for John Hughes, but I don't think... I think right now as well, mm. um, it's one of those ones that he'll not have had time to impose his style yet. And I'm quite thankful for that. I really hope he does well. Like you say, we've got a lot of time for him, um, and it's great that he's back in management. But I think tonight it's just a little bit too soon, and it will still be going off the kettle well sort of mm. style, whatever that style may be. But then again, of course, they're going to come with plenty of confidence. They only a matter of weeks ago you can beat Celtic two 0 mm. They they'll be is in Hughes. All, he'll have trust in the other the the, the remaining backroom staff because they'll have done something. They've done something right. Obviously, it's not went well elsewhere but it wasn't a total fluke they played well against us um, so no I don't think tonight it'll be a huge masterclass certainly hope not but um, I think in time it could it could prove a decent a decent little appointment Hope, there yeah hopefully by the time they go to Ibrox now what's your prediction for tonight I'll let you go first because uh, you, you wanted to say my <laughs> score last time I'll go I'll go 2-0 Celtic 2-0 Celtic Colin well, it's interesting, the, the breaking news that Amy was looking at, there's uh, Kieran Trippier being suspended for 10 weeks for betting offences. Mm. So, gamble responsibly and gamble with our sponsors at FansBet. Um, but she must plug. <laughs> someone's got to do it. Um, but if I was to put money on the game tonight, I would go with 3-0 and Turnbull to score first. Well, I hope you're both right. Um, but we will be back for the game, Colin. Before we do that, um, there's another Axon Bulletin that we're going to run through, showing you some of the uh, videos, etc., that you might not have seen if you weren't able to tune in for the full 24 hours, and I'm sure plenty of you weren't able to. Um, but yeah, it certainly was uh, emotional over the weekend for various reasons, but raising almost £27,000 with the Celtic fan base online was absolutely astounding. Yeah, and Paul, before you finish up here, you've not been able to be given the credit that you deserve for pulling this team together and raising a financial, a 
sorry, a fantastic amount of money, um, which will really help these charities as they go towards Christmas. So as much as we'd love to take this opportunity to thank all the Celtic podcast, to everyone that's watching that donated the money, um, I'm sure Amy will agree Absolutely. with me. It wouldn't have been done without the work that you've put in behind the scenes. So thank you very much, Paul. Well done. No, thank you. I'm just looking for another day off so that I can uh, get some sleep. <laughs> but um, it was a great achievement. And you know what? We're already planning for next year. So we'll make it even bigger next time round when we can all meet and uh, do things that aren't remote as well. So next year will be a big one. But yeah, we'll be back for a game half an hour before kickoff. Colin and I uh, will still be in the studio working away. Um, we'll see you then. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, Colin Watt. And thank you, Amy Canavan, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Media gives you access to all every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.